What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Welcome, everybody, to Fantasy Football Today. Today, we talk injuries, and we're going to take a big look at the running back position, kind of a mid-season evaluation of what we've seen at running back some surprising trends, and a lot more. I'm Adam Azer. Later on in the show, Will Brinson's going to join me. And right now, we're going to be joined by our injury expert, Dr. Brandon Bowers, as we welcome you to the Fantasy Football Today Road Tour, presented by Little Caesars. Pizza for dinner tonight? How about ordering your favorite online from Little Caesars and using Pizza Portal Pickup? It's the latest, greatest, and hottest way to pick up a pizza without even going to the register. Dr. Bowers, welcome back to the show. Thanks for coming on. Adam, I appreciate you guys reaching out to talk some injuries. I'm ready to jump in. Let's do it. Jacoby Brissett, sprained MCL. What kind of timeline are we looking at there? Yeah, with these MCL sprains, it's the ligament on the inner side of the knee, the medial collateral ligament. When it's a low-grade issue and a slight overstretch of that ligament, it typically carries a two- to four-week return-to-play timetable. They're waiting, the, the team, the Colts, currently on the MRI results to con- to confirm the, the severity of this diagnosis here. And there's a chance that he doesn't play this weekend. But if, if it is a low-grade injury, expect a two- to four-week absence. Okay, yeah, he's got the Dolphins coming up, so we're hopeful for that. Anyway, you could still pick up Zach Paschal and maybe Brian Hoyer if you need someone. Adam Thielen and Deshaun Jackson. They play, they leave again. Deshaun Jackson's got a bye, and Doug Peterson's hopeful that he'll be ready in a couple of weeks. Adam Thielen's got Dallas on the road next week. What do you think about these guys dealing with the hamstring and Jackson with the abdominal core issue? Jackson, I'm a little bit more concerned about, because if you remember Adam back at the beginning of the season, he was dealing with the same injury and he was recommended to get surgery, but Jackson said, Hey, thanks, but no thanks on the surgery. Went the conservative route. So there's a good chance that he's got what we call a sports hernia, which is an overstretch of the muscles down kind of in that groin or lower abdomen region. So He's currently looking around for second and third opinions to determine the best course of course of action here. So a chance that he's back in a couple weeks, yes, but I, I think this thing continues to linger the rest of the season. As for Thielen, dealing with his hamstring reaggravation, he sustained this injury in week seven, sat out last week, and then re-injured it early in the contest this week. So being that it's a re-aggravation, I would anticipate that he's out a couple of weeks as well. When we're dealing with these soft tissue injuries and they recur, they really can become a headache and a long-term problem. So, unfortunately, this may not be the last of the hamstring ailments for Adam Thielen. Oh, man, what a shame. And I know a lot of people started him, so that's very disappointing. George Kittle, big game on Thursday against Arizona. 
But he did hobble around, and he played through the injury. Do you often see players play through an injury, you know, for the rest of a game and then still miss time afterwards? I mean, sometimes we do. Being that he was able to return to the game and it's not a significant issue is usually a pretty good prognostic factor that they shouldn't miss long-term time. He received an MRI on Friday, and that showed that the the injury was minor. So they're, they're still looking to determine an, an accurate diagnosis. But the fact that he was able to return to the game and the team has described the injury as minor is usually a good indication that he'll be able to continue to play and not miss significant time moving forward. All right. So, look, it's not the biggest injury list today, but I did want to ask you about James Conner. He missed Week 9, and Jalen Samuels led the team in receiving but do we have any idea what kind of absence we're looking at with uh, absence we're looking at with James Conner? You know, he's hopeful that he should be able to play this week dealing with an AC joint sprain that happened in week eight. He didn't play last week. And the nature of this injury on the point of the shoulder, it occurs as a direct blow to the shoulder or a fall onto the ground. So for a running back who goes to lower his shoulder and take on contact from a defender, this can be significant. Now, if this is a low-grade injury, Adam, a grade one or grade two type injury, then it's usually only a two- or three-week absence. So he seems hopeful that he'll be able to play in week 10, and it'll just take another good, solid week of rehab without setback, and I think that's very realistic. Hope so. Fingers crossed. And how can we follow you on Twitter, Dr. Bowers? On Twitter, you guys can find me at BLBowers12, uh, breaking down all things NFL injuries for Sportsline with my weekly injury content that drops every Thursday. Uh, So keep an eye out for that, and I'll be discussing these injuries, anatomy, physiology, return to play timetables, and a little bit more depth coming this Thursday. Excellent. Yes, please check it out on Sportsline. If you haven't uh, joined Sportsline yet, it's really an awesome website with a lot of great resources for fantasy and for gambling. It's $9.99 a month, but if you want your first month for a dollar, you can go to Sportsline. You can sign up and use the promo code HUDDLE. Dr. Brandon Bowers, thank you so much for joining us. Adam, always a pleasure. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football today as we talk running backs with Will Brinson. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Welcome back. Okay, so we were supposed to have Chris on today. I'm going to play his music even though he's not on. That means that Will Brinson's going to have to bring the nerd today. And here we are on Fantasy Football Today talking running backs. We're going to look at the position in general, kind of do some comparisons, 2018 versus 2019, and talk about Ronald Jones, talk about the best rookie running back so far, and there's that. Also, we're going to talk about A.J. Green and answer a very fun email at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. There we go. Hey, what's up, Will? Hey, Flavin and whatnot. I actually have <laughs> separate music for Will that I'll play in a little bit. I'll uh, give him his proper walk-up music. How was your fantasy week nine? Boy, I got to tell you, I have, before you answer your question, I'll just selfishly say, I have a lot at stake. I have like six matchups that are going to be decided tonight. So big night for me. You know, I don't think I've had that many. I mean, and it's not surprising that tonight would be a big night. Um for a lot of people, I just uh, Monday that is. I just haven't had that many matchups come down to Monday for some reason. Feels like they've all been decided on Sunday. Um, I had an okay. Uh, I had a huge matchup in my main, in my in my in my long my longest league that I've been in. 
Go on. <laughs> and uh, it's my uh, it's my buddy Nate. Fortunately, he had Christian McCaffrey and Derrick Henry. Oh wow, boy, McCaffrey is incredible. And that gonna, that's going to bring us into our first topic. Let's talk about running backs so far, just the state of the position. And by the way, we have an Apple Podcast mailbag. You know, you leave us a nice review. We'll read your question. We do that on Wednesdays and on Saturdays. And we have a lot of other podcasts, including the Pick 6 podcast, which is hosted by Will Brinson. What's coming up this week on Pick 6? Oh, man, it's uh, so good. We got our Monday night recap, of course. Um, we also have the Brady Quinn football show, which will come out on Wednesday morning. Um, that is on YouTube as well. Then we're going to do uh, Fantasy with Heath Cummings and BMAC. And then a Picks Pod with uh, Pete Prisco and RJ White, as well as uh, multiple preview shows with Jared Dubin uh, throughout the week. We end up, we're up to like eight shows a week now. So if you like football and you're one of those random people on Twitter who like to – if you're not one of those random people who like to attack me for uh, because you don't like me on this Fantasy Football Today podcast, by all means, check it out. Yeah, no, it's, it's an excellent show. And go to cbssports.com slash podcasts to see a full list of our shows. So I was trying to, you know, thinking about my overall thoughts on the running back situation. And what came to mind is like, man, we have a lot more committees this year. And we might, but then there's these stats. Here are your carries per game leader. And I should say we're through nine weeks, basically, with one game left. Things are going to look different after 17 weeks. You know, midseason stats are not going not to be the same as end of season. But, you know, last year we had one running back average 19 carries per game. It was Ezekiel Elliott, minimum sure. of 100 carries. This year we have eight running backs averaging 19 or more carries per game. Zeke averaged like 20 carries last year. Um, Christian McCaffrey is leading the NFL with 20.6 carries. And then... Marlon Mack, Dalvin Cook, Carson, Fournette, Zeke, Chubb, Josh Jacobs, all of them, 19 to 20 carries per game. So that shocked me. Ezekiel, like, like last year, Todd Gurley was second in the NFL in carries per game. He'd be ninth this year. So that really surprised me. Um, terms You're of, saying last year his second place carries per game would be ninth this year. Correct. Correct. Wow. So okay. a lot more players getting 19 carries, 20 carries per game. Eight I, of them. I think just... I mean, not that we need to dig into each one, but I do think you can anecdotally sort of point to the situations and the play callers involved and the shift in offensive philosophy or the drafting of a high rookie or the injury to a quarterback and kind of say, all right, these teams are forced to run the ball a lot more in those situations. Um, but look, if you drafted two running backs early on in your fantasy draft, you are doing really well right now. Maybe. More <laughs> Unless you drafted Joe Mixon. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right, right. If you yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, or if you had Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook, or Christian McCaffrey, Chris Carson early on, like, you're feeling pretty good about it. So, I mean, you know, it's right. just, that's sort of how it turns. Let me give two more stats because here's here are two differences last year to this year. The elite running backs last year were super elite. This year, it's really only Cook and McCaffrey. Um, in PPR, you know, Aaron Jones and Eckler have been really good, but. In terms of scoring, in 2018, we had seven running backs give you 17 non-PPR fantasy points per game and eight running backs, 20 PPR fantasy points per game. So 17 in non, 20 in PPR. We had seven or eight running backs do that last year. Right now, only McCaffrey and Cook are doing that. So, as, mm. you know, Zeke's been very good. Barkley's been very good. They haven't run away from the pack like they did last year. Same with Kamara. Um, we are probably going to get more 50 catch running backs than we had last year. Last year we had 16. It's just going to keep going up every year. But this, I think, 
is is the biggest, most noteworthy change from last year to this year. Yeah. I, well, I, oh, I'm sorry. sorry I was going to give another stat. Um, this upcoming stat is the, the most noteworthy change. If you look at the difference between RB12 and RB24, last year there was about a two, two and a half point difference between RB12 and RB24. This year it's 3.25 to 3.5 depending on the scoring. So at the top, I don't think the elites, other than Cook and McCaffrey, have pulled away from the Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry, Mark Ingrams, Aaron Jones. You know, the elites haven't pulled away from them yet. But when you start talking about the the true number one ball ca- like heavy ball carrier guy, heavy carry guys versus RB twenty four, that is where we are seeing a bigger difference this year compared to last year. Will well, and then to to really build on that that point. I think it's a great point, Adam. When you start to dig into the wide receivers, right? If you drafted two running backs early, that means you were probably, and I'm going to do air quotes here, stuck getting Chris Godwin and Kenny Galladay as your wide receiver one and wide receiver two or some combo like that, right? Like you ended up with one of those guys, maybe a, or a Stefan Diggs or an Amari Cooper. Um, Cooper Cup is a guy you would like, you would have been targeting aggressively off the waiver wire. Maybe you went and got DJ Chark or maybe you went and got like, I went Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins in a league, and I was thrilled with it, but I didn't draft many more wide receivers, and I missed out on a bunch of guys who went big. So my point is that if you invested in those top-tier running backs, you also accidentally probably got a top-tier wide receiver as well because of how that position is shook out. Yeah, wide receivers so disappointing at the top in so many cases. But in terms of the running backs, you know, I do think that we're, we're getting, for me anyway, I've, I've never started more committee running backs than I have this year. You know, I got Jamal Williams in my lineups and I've got Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. In one league, I started both Packers running backs this week. In another league, I started both Broncos running backs this week. And in both cases, you had one good and one terrible. Um, you know, you, you just, you're looking at different standards now when you're talking about your number two, number three running backs, or maybe your number three, number four running backs, if you have a better team. And um, that to me is just saying like, you've got to do whatever you can do to get these 18 to 20 carry guys. And there are, there are a number of them. And our second question is actually about Josh Jacobs. How high is Josh Jacobs rest of season? This is from red eye Jedi. Um, Name some guys you're now ranking behind Jacobs. And Jacobs is one of those guys averaging 19 or more carries per game. He's the number six running back in non PPR, the number 12 running back in PPR on a per game basis. So, um, you know, it's just sort of an observation, uh, you know, like, like Tariq Cohen doesn't really do it for me this year. You know, you got to get, if you, <laughs> you can't, <think? laughs> well, right. I, I was a bad example, but, but, but that's a, that's a committee backfield, you know, hey, Tariq Cohen was taken with the top six, like a pick in the first six rounds. I mean, like I hated he was, him. I didn't want him. I didn't want him at all. Right. I mean, like in a PPR league, he was probably taken in the same reasonable range as Josh Jacobs, right? Yeah, um, no, I maybe, maybe around later within around, within around twenty later. within twenty picks, I'd say. Okay, but I mean, like, all right, yeah, but I mean, like, Jacobs is going late third, early fourth. Tariq Cohen's going late fifth, early sixth, or whatever sure. it is. But like, you're still sort of, you know, you probably built up your team with wide receivers and you were supplementing running backs. I mean, you know, Jacobs would be a first round pick if we drafted. I mean, right? Like, if, um, I so that's so that's a good question. I think he's probably a second round pick in PPR. Because he's yeah. on pace for oh. 22 catches, I think. 
But before I talk about Josh Jacobs, please let me remind you about Little Caesars. Have you ordered a pizza online from Little Caesars yet? If not, you're missing out on Pizza Portal Pickup. What is Pizza Portal Pickup? It's like getting a pizza right out of the oven yourself. You walk in, you enter a code on the portal, a door opens, and you're off with your favorite pizza. And whatever pizza you order, it'll have crazy, crazy amounts of toppings. It's fun. Give it a try, but it's only available at Little Caesars Pizza Pizza. Uh, Last running back stat. Sorry, I know I'm jumping around. This is shocking to me. The five highest scoring teams in points per game. Now, defensive touchdowns might influence this a little bit too, but the five highest scoring teams do not have a top 12 PPR running back. That would be Baltimore, New England, San Francisco, Tampa Bay, and Kansas City. That's incredible. There's such a correlation between great running backs and great offenses. But I don't, I don't, well, I mean, not to, I don't think that's that surprising. It's, if you're talking about the top, the top 10 teams in points per game, top, top five, five teams in points per game. Yeah. I mean, Baltimore has a running quarterback. Well, I know it, it's not surprising that those teams themselves don't have a top, a top 12 running back. It's surprising that none of the five highest scoring teams have a top 12 running back. That's like yeah, what but, but the five highest scoring teams, the Buccaneers are the exception here because they just can't run the ball. They pass the ball. But like the Chiefs, yeah, the Chiefs are an okay running team. Um, San Francisco, great running team. They're Baltimore, committees. the best running team. These are committees, though, you know? I mean, yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, they're, yeah, in an ideal world. And look, those teams also, I mean, with again, with the exception of the Buccaneers, those teams are um, largely good. They have good records. So they're not, you know, they're probably. I mean, if Baltimore gets up on Miami, and they did, you know, early in the season in Arizona, they're not going to just give Mark Ingram 30 carries and burn him through in the first two weeks. And so I think that's really the difference. The Patriots obviously are a team with a committee back. The 49ers have two or three, three or four great running backs that they can ro- rotate in with different roles. The Buccaneers can't run, so they just pass all the time, and their defense stinks, so they have to pass. Um, and then the Chiefs have been hit or miss, I think, in terms of running the ball. All right, so let's talk about Josh Jacobs here. And like I said, he's number six in points per game in non-PPR. He's number 12 in PPR. He has a very favorable schedule coming up. His next one, two, three, four matchups are against teams that rank 26, uh, three of them are against teams that rank 26th or worse against the run, against running backs. And the other one is the Jets in that stretch. He gets the Mm. Chargers in week 16, which is beautiful. So, you know. I would would caution you that, that the Chargers defense looked awesome against the Packers yesterday with Melvin Ingram coming back and um uh oh my god Derwin James will be back very soon. So I would not I would not treat the Chargers as a uh A plus rushing matchup even though the stats might say that. I would downgrade okay. them more to like a B minus. Well they did okay that's a good point. They did lose Denzel Perryman though. He uh he had an injury, not sure the severity in this game on uh, in week eight. But yeah, what do you think like Josh Jacobs the question was who are who is ranked behind Jacobs now? And so, guys, think? coming into the year where like I think the, here's the best example: Would you rather have Leonard Fournette or Josh Jacobs the rest of the year? But you know, believe it or not, I think, I think I'd rather have Fournette. I had to take Jacobs because Fournette has twenty two catches. That's it, or is, am I looking at last year? No, I'm a, yeah, I knew I was looking at last year. Fournette's probably got. Close to 35. Oh, he's 40 catches? Yeah. I I could see that they're so similar. I mean, they. I would take Fournette. I would take Fournette um, because he is more involved in the passing game, and Jacobs has had some bad games. 
Fournette has had incredibly bad touchdown luck. He has one rushing touchdown this year. I'm going to give a stat, though, about Josh Jacobs. Um, this is cool. He has the third most red zone carries, the fourth most carries inside the 10, the sixth most inside the five. And there are 28 running backs with five or more carries inside the five-yard line. Only David Montgomery and Kerryon Johnson have a higher percentage of their team's carries from inside the five. So mm. he gets 80%. That's a ton. He's not losing goal line touches, but neither is Fournette. But Aaron Jones might, you know? Nick Chubb, I don't think he will, but Kareem Hunt's coming back. Who knows? I would still take Chubb over Jacobs, would you? Yeah, I think. Man, I got look, I'll say this. I, I was wrong about the Raiders. John Gruden is doing an awesome job as in terms of play calling this year. Their defense isn't very good, and it's not going to be very good. They're going to be involved in a lot of high-scoring games, I think. They get the Chargers twice, the Chiefs again. Um, what do they have? The, uh, the, the Jaguars. They got they the Bengals, have, uh, the Jets, the Chiefs. The, well, they have the Chargers, Bengals, like, Jets, Chiefs, right. Titans, Jags, Chargers, Broncos. Yeah. Right. So they, they have situations where they're either going to be involved in high-scoring games, and Jacob's just the guy who's out on the field. He's going to get carries. Or they're going to be up big on the theoretically on the jets and the Bengals and be running the ball down, down their throat. So I, I just think he's set up for success. That offensive line is playing a lot better than anybody thought it would under Tom Cable and Jacobs is the guy and Gruden look Gruden used the one of the Cleo Mac, the first Cleo Mac pick on Josh Jacobs. If Josh Jacobs wins offensive rookie of the year, which is still possible, probably not likely with the quarterbacks, but possible if he wins that award and the bears finish like five and 11, Gruden is going to be peacocking all offseason about it. And I think that is part of his motivation. I think he's the coach of the year. I know that's crazy because they're not that good, but they should be a lot worse than they are. And they lost, they lost their most explosive player like right before the season started and they're competitive. I think they're, I think he's doing an amazing job. So he's doing doing a great job. Like Shanahan's Shanahan's obviously like a major front runner, but I love what Gruden's doing. If he's not the coach of the year, he's a, he's a finalist. Um, There's a Frank Reich's there too. Yeah. This guy, Bill Belichick in New England. Yeah, whatever. They, they played one good team. They lost, you know. So uh, he, has, he has three Coach of the Year awards <laughs> in his entire career. He's six oh, Super Bowls. He probably needs more. All right, from Neil Slayton. Can you really trust Ronald Jones? He got 53% of the snaps on Sunday against Seattle in a game that was largely a, uh, a pass fest. Bruce Arians came out and said, I believe, just a little while ago that Rojo deserves to be the starter. And so I think, yes, you can trust him. I would not um, suggest, however, that the Buccaneers are going to magically become a run-heavy team. Like they are, you know, I don't know if funnel defense is like the hot word in fantasy these days, uh, but they are funnel defense and they are great against the run, but they hemorrhage passing yards on defense. So they're going to have to pass to keep up with other teams. Um you know, there are some potentially interesting matchups there for Rojo, including the uh, Arizona Cardinals. It, it's uh, it's not the best schedule going forward. It's it's okay. Uh, but but Falcons-Jags in weeks 12 and 13 is very the nice. The Falcons have had a good run defense, but, th- like, but they give up points, and that's what leads to, you know, short yardage rushing touchdowns. The question is, will he get them? Because according to ProFootballReference.com, and I don't know if their stats are updated, but I think they are updated. Snaps are not updated through today. They're not. I don't. I didn't see snaps for Rojo. Oh no, no, no! I'm talking red zone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everything is updated from the games is updated through through uh, week nine. Some, yeah. yeah. Okay. He has zero carries inside the five. However, sure. he does have. That's- 
That's he, not true. He does have two five-yard touchdown runs. Okay, okay. Maybe he got two carries from the five. Yeah, yeah. He definitely has short yardage touchdowns. But Peyton uh, Barber was working near the goal line yesterday. So, look, here's the thing. You, you have to keep in mind, if a running back is not involved in the passing game, it limits their their ceiling a little bit, which, which you need to know for Josh Jacobs. When it comes to Ronald Jones, that doesn't really matter because you have to add him. Like he's a massive major wi- wa- waiver wire priority. Uh, can you trust him? I think we take that on a week-to-week basis. But Bruce Arians actually said last week, and I didn't see this quote until today, he's gotten much better at blitz pickup. We've talked about it. He's improved each week, which should get him more snaps. But as far as two-minute, Dari is one of the best ones that we have so far is knowing who to block and how to block them. But I think Ronald's going to have a hell of a future. That's what he said last week. Today, as Will already mentioned, Bruce Arians said that Ronald Jones is earning more snaps. This is a high-scoring offense, fourth most points per game in the NFL. If he can get the goal line carries, he could be close to a must-start. However, he's not an explosive guy. He's had two games all year where where Ronald Jones has averaged more than four yards per carry. Granted, not a ton of carries. But... um, I trust him as as a as a no doubt about it waiver wire pickup. I'm not there yet as a must start. Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, I mean if he's if he's available, I think this is one of those like that's not. I don't know if we really talked about it whenever it whenever Carry on Johnson got hurt. I don't because I don't remember anything because I'm old and have a child. Um, but like Ty Johnson, I was just not that high on picking up because I didn't trust how they would use him. But I think if Ronald Jones is available in your league. You should use that. If you have a top waiver priority, you should use it on him because not that he's going to be a league winner, but I think he's a guy you can plug in at a flex spot or an RB2 spot that can really boost your floor on a week-to-week basis for the stretch run. Yep, absolutely. All right, everybody, make sure you're using the SeatGeek app if you need to go to an event. So it may not be today, it may not be this weekend, but the next time you're like, hey, I want to go to a game, concert, comedy, theater, whatever it is, Use the SeatGeek app and get 10 bucks off your first purchase with our promo code FFT. SeatGeek makes it really easy. How easy could it be if ticketing sites actually cared? Well, SeatGeek does care. They've got millions of live event tickets and a price match guarantee, and they prove that there is a better way. So you can bring in all these tickets into one place and just make it so simple to find great deals. SeatGeek pulls in the tickets, rates each deal on a scale of 1 to 10, displays them on an interactive seat map, and breaks down the details with the green dots being the good deals and the red dots being overpriced. And by the way, if you're nervous about shopping online for tickets, every purchase is fully guaranteed. You can shop with confidence. Confidence. So I've got it on my phone, and I use it all the time. It's the only app I use. I recommend it all the time. Last time I went to a Yankees game, bam, SeatGeek. So get 10 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need is our promo code, FFT. 10 bucks off your first purchase on SeatGeek. Again, that promo code is FFT for $10 off. Will, what are your expectations for AJ Green rest of season? Ugh. Um, man, I don't know. I've got him in uh, one league, I think, one out of 14, which is not obviously not that much exposure to him. I tend not to draft injured wide receivers or wide receivers who are injured before the season. Um, but I would be at least interested in dabbling in him in terms of trying to trade or buy low. If somebody was out there, maybe they're struggling like a around 500, you've got a good record and you can, you want to get him back because I think that Ryan Finley will at least be given the opportunity to pass abundantly. So that way the, the, um, the Bengals can see what they have in the, in the rookie quarterback. He's an older guy, Finley, older guy, veteran, accurate short yardage throws, 
not great down the field. So that should be a concern for people uh, who are hoping Green's going to come in and catch bombs from him. But, you know, if, if, if they can block enough, which they really can't do, and give him some play-action shots, I think he could take him down there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think Green is probably, at best, you want to trust him as a wide receiver three or a flex. Uh, okay, yeah. I mean, I would have been more optimistic if, if Dalton were still the quarterback there because I, I know – I, sure. I, yeah, I mean, I know that AJ Green's a top twelve wide receiver every year with Andy Dalton, and yeah. I didn't think Dalton was the you know look he's not a great quarterback, but he's, he, look he's this is the final year of his deal, so like yeah. he is literally an unrestricted free agent after this season. I cannot fathom a scenario where AJ Green fights through an injury for a winless team. Like if they're zero and eleven and he's got a nagging ankle injury, is he going to play? That's I mean, a good point. You know what I mean? Like he. He's not going to lay his personal financial, um, not stability, but you know he's he's not going to he's not going to lay it on the line for a, for a winless Bengals team. If they were fighting for the playoffs, I think he'd be out there gunning because he's he's a good dude. He cares about that team. He's been a great teammate and a great soldier for him. But I just I don't think you can trust him to be a really productive player down the street. So AJ Green is an unrestricted free agent. Yes, okay. this is the final year of AJ Green's deal. Andy Dalton has one more year left. Okay, so yeah, would you would you rather have? Juju Smith-Schuster or A.J. Green? I would rather have Juju. Terry McLaurin or A.J. Green? Uh, Green. Yeah. Well, I know that Green is back in week 10. Yeah, I mean, we'll find out. That seems to be the expectation. But that's he's been expected you want to hear something? Do you want to hear something crazy? Sure. This is a good stat for you. I'm actually writing this up right now for my story in the Sunday Powell column. Do you know how many games, Adam, have been played this season in two minute, two hours and 45 minutes or less? I'm going to say two, and both of them are Bills games. <laughs> uh, no, close. There have been three of those games. One of them is a Bills game. Okay. And it was the Bills game from this past week when they played the Redskins. All three Redskins games since Bill Callahan took oh. over. The only three games of the season that have been under two hours and 45 minutes. Oh, 236, yeah. 239, and 240. That, this dude... Wow. Is fast forwarding. He's simming uh, the season. I just don't know. And I know that uh, Terry, uh, Scary Terry, or whatever he's called, and Dwayne Haskins went to school together at Ohio State, and they've got that connection there. I just don't think you can trust them to throw the ball enough times that you can feel great about having Terry McLaurin down the stretch on your fantasy team. That's a really, really good stat, right? It was that game against the Niners, one of the fastest games in in so many years. McLaurin! Yeah. That's his nickname, by the way. And last question is from Kevin. Is there a way to fix fantasy? It's supposed to mirror real-life football. But when Adam Thielen goes out, my fantasy team takes a zero. The Vikings don't take a zero. They put in a backup. Thoughts on a league-slash-team designating a backup running back, wide receiver, or quarterback each week that you get the points for if your player plays less than one quarter? So I like this idea in fantasy baseball. Where like if you have a pitcher who's supposed to be a two-star pitcher and he gets scratched, maybe you're able to like you know change your rotation. Um, I just think the randomness of fantasy football is such that you kind of you're kind of stuck with it. I mean, like you know, if you start somebody, he gets hurt on the first play. That sucks, but you know it's, it all evens out. The the universe is fairly cosmic in that sense. Wouldn't you hate to lose because the guy or girl you were facing had an injury? And then the designated backup had a huge game, even though they originally benched that player, and now they get the points for that player. 
Yeah, and like I think that there would be a whole lot of shadiness involved with it. You'd have to create first of all from the from a back end perspective of setting up leagues like that. It'd be a huge pain in the in the bottom, as we say in the Brinson household. Like you would have to create a slot that automatically slid into it. So our developers would be furious about that. Um, and then you would have tons of controversy if you tried to do it from a designated ahead of time. So it was like, oh, I forgot to designate it. I'll just put, oh, I don't know, DJ Chark with three touchdowns in there. It's like, no, nah. like, I'm not going to oh, do yeah. like that. You could, you could do it like there's a cap. Like your backup player either gets five more points or, or less or, or what he actually scored, you know. Oh, but the only thing that I think I could be in favor of is doing a team QB league where, you know, if you want, if you want Aaron Rodgers, you just draft the Packers quarterbacks. Yeah. So the only difference, you, I don't know that you do this in a two quarterback league, but in a one quarterback league, the only difference is the injury scenario where you, you know, you get credit for all the points that the quarterbacks score in that game. Uh, that's the only fix I see in terms of running backs and wide receivers getting hurt and tight ends. Yeah, I, I agree with Will. It's just let it go. Well, the one other thing you could do is if if if, if hit this guy and his league mates, or this girl and his league mates, whoever it is, are on the same page. What you do is agree that if somebody gets hurt and is ruled out for a game in the first quarter, they get the at you you uh, you give them the average of their points scored so far that season. You know what I mean? Okay, so like yeah. if Adam Thielen's ruled out in week eight in the first quarter, you get the average of his first seven weeks. Will Brinson, everybody. We'll have Chris on next week. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Adam Azer. We'll talk to you on Tuesday with the waiver wire. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. 